0: Welcome to Man to Man Podcast. Before we begin our episode, we got to shout out Anchor for making this podcast even possible. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, easy to use for recording and uploading your episodes, and the best part, they distribute the podcast for you so you can be heard on places like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It also allows you to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's going on guys? Welcome back to Man to Man. We hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving holiday as we are back this week for everything around the NBA We'll be catching up on what we missed last week and continue on what happened this week. So without further ado, fasten that seatbelt as you listen to the best NBA podcast out there. Let's get after it. This is your co-host, Andy Elliott.
1: Alongside your co-host, Liam, the hoop star, Nash.
0: Liam, before we get into anything, man, did you have a good Thanksgiving?
1: Yeah, I was very thankful. I I realized some stuff in life and I'm thankful for, for you, the podcast, the support that we've had so far this year. It's just been eye-opening and I really am grateful for what we got going on right
0: now. It's been a fun time. And when I moved up here in Chicago, it's been, you know, I got a you know job, but then I was also like, I need to get a new hobby. I don't want to keep going out every single weekend and wasting money, especially in this city. And it's just like, I want to find something else to do. So I'm also grateful and thankful for you and making this podcast, Same. Thing with our listeners, thank you guys so much. We hope that everybody had a great Thanksgiving, but I have to down the mood a little bit today. Unfortunately, we did lose a young legend in the making, 21 years of age, Young Juice World had a seizure at the chicago midway airport earlier this morning so we want to just take some time out to call him out you know prayers for his family and friends i know he touched a lot of people through his music and rest in paradise to a young legend r.i.p juice world but without further ado liam we got to get into this nba podcast We are going to be talking about LaMelo Ball. Let's get into LaMelo Ball, and then we're going to get into some other stuff. But this is a huge thing around the league, right? What is LaMelo Ball doing? Who's he playing for? why are people talking about him
1: i think everybody knows he skipped college and went overseas but he's over in australia plays the national basketball league over there he's been showing out yo especially over thanksgiving weekend we saw him record two triple doubles back to back i I wouldn't say it was surprising but it was like he's really making a name for himself over there and not through the traditional route of going to college
0: i think he may be better than lonzo ball
1: there's the conversation started right there. You're always going to try to compare him to his other brother that's already in the NBA and already doing what he's doing,
0: right? But if he goes number one, is he better than Lonzo Ball?
1: I don't think it matters where you're going. You got to wait. We see other players, you know, coming from overseas and like Doncic and Porzingis. He had a, a shaky couple, like six months before he actually started contributing. Same with Doncic a little bit, probably not as much, but like he had to develop his game into the NBA because. Coming from overseas, it's not the same as NBA.
0: Well, he's definitely getting a lot of practice, just being the professionals already. He's like breaking dudes' ankles already, looking like a young stud in the wall. You know, people were talking about he's a potential top five draft prospect for the NBA next year. But per ESPN, they have LaMelo Ball projected to go number one in the top 100 draft prospects. He's listed at 6'7, 190. He looks good, right? I mean, he's got elite strength, he's got good size for a point guard. He's got impressive creativity. He's a playmaker with either hand, excellent rebounder for a guard, and he won't even turn 19 until well after the draft. This kid is born in 2001, bro. not insane?
1: He's a 2000 baby, and I, I look at those guys and like, damn, you are young. Like 2000, I was...
0: No, It's almost like, what are we doing with our lives? Right,
1: right. But, yeah, we see him overseas putting on numbers. Like you said, his elite size is good. 32 points and 13 assists and 11 rebounds. Like those are big boy numbers, you know what I mean? So uh, is 20. 20- does he have a
0: contract with his team in Australia? Yes, yeah, yeah, he does. Is it just this year?
1: No, no, it's two years. So he he signed a two-year contract, but there is a clause in there that was saying if he does decide to enter the NBA draft, he can opt out of that second year and sign a contract with his new team.
0: Well, uh LaMelo, I've been noticing him in the highlights. I think he might think he is the new Carmelo. He's doing that head thing. We were talking about that in the last (laughs) episode, right? I see LaMelo hitting threes, (laughs) and now he's hitting his own head. Let's hold the brakes a little bit, LaMelo Ball, and let's talk about the real Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo is stepping up, baby. Wins Player of the Week, the week of Thanksgiving last week, I don't know if that was a little bit biased because James Harden put up 60 points on me three quarters against the Hawks. <laughs> but Melo wins player of the week. This is hype. Super stoked for him. Trailblazers went 3-0 and that week, beating the Bulls twice and the Thunder once. his former team. He led all three games with around 23 points, eight rebounds, and three assists. And the last time Carmelo Anthony was named a player of the week was March 10th, my birthday shout out, 2014. While he was a member of the New York Knicks,
1: I think that's good for him. And he had a shaky start, but he was just like trying to feel out kind of how like the paces were, you know, getting new guys and stuff. And the Blazers, I think they started zero and three with him, but we mm-hmm. see him stepping up, kind of finding his groove. Dame dollars back. I think they're going to be pretty scary looking down the stretch.
0: I knew they would pick it up, man. But also another thing, another breaking news, Melo's contract is guaranteed this year. Yeah. He, Did you see that?
1: Yeah, he gets it finally guaranteed through the rest of the season because he was, I don't know what the actual contract was about, but I think it was like for every 10 days they'll add on to his contract or say yes or no, but we see it guaranteed. So he's making the money for sure this year.
0: It was stoked to see it because I, I watched an interview with Rachel Nichols and Carmelo Anthony, and it was kind of just sad to watch because, first of all, Melo is such a relaxed and chill dude. I think he's overall the, hey, you know, i was selfish. I think he got to a point where it was almost a year out of the NBA where he was talking about that all he ever did now was just take walks. It almost seems like he definitely reached a level of depression. He's just taking walks. He said like he was just trying to clear his mind. Didn't know what to do. I mean, that's got to be tough for a guy. It's 15 years in the league. If you put yourself in his shoes, man, I was a stud in this league, you know, like a potential Hall of Famer. And then now no one wants me. I guess with him not being on a team, it was just kind of like sad to hear him say it. He's like, you know, I just that's how I mentally got away. I was about to give up the game of basketball. I just went on a bunch of walks. I didn't know really what to do. I didn't know what my job was going to be next, so I'm stoked that Carmelo's back in the league, and I'm sure a lot of people are, but man, it was sad. I bet it was really depressing for him for a second, man. I'm, I'm really yeah. glad he's back in the league.
1: No doubt, especially coming into the league with somebody alongside like LeBron James. I mean, they had some battles early against each other, but for him to step away and then see somebody like LeBron James that is still like...
0: Or like a D-Wade, like he retired the way he wanted to retire.
1: Right, exactly. And it's just like, I kind of fucked up my NBA career. But he came back and, you know, he's producing. And he's going to make or break that Blazers season for sure. Because that's exactly what they need. They need that third player just to kind of give them a spark every once in a while. Well, maybe
0: the head thing is working, so not too fast. (laughs) LaMelo ball. Point made. That's all we need to say about that. But like we were just talking about, you know, Melo and LeBron, same draft class. The cool thing was that they actually got to play each other once again. The Lakers, you know, entered Portland, demolished them over 20 points, 136, 113. AD with 39, LBJ with 31, 8 and 7. Melo had 15, only shooting 4 for 13. Dame Dollar with 29. Um, let's stay over into the West. Luca is going off, man. Luca wins the Western Conference Player of the Month. It's seven triple doubles, three 40-point games, ten 30-point games. Last night he had a career-high 18 rebounds.
1: A guy, I told you, he has to be an MVP candidate, no doubt.
0: 20 years old.
1: He is leading that team. Like when Porzingis came over, I was like, all right, well, Porzingis isn't hurt this year. Like he, he's probably gonna be that. That leader for them, Doncic just kind of stepped up this year and was like, I'm going to be that guy for the Mavericks, and they've done that.
0: Picking up Luka kind of saved the day. They're fourth in the West now, not to mention they just beat the Lakers by over 10 points the other night. That's the Lakers' one of four losses. And even Dirk the other night at the Lakers game, he said, you know, I got to be honest. You know, I thought it would have been a tougher transition here in year two. As he was laughing, I, he goes, I guess I was wrong. So Luca, like I said, is definitely giving the Dallas Mavericks restoration back to life.
1: And going back to what we were talking earlier about, like Lamella Ball, like it, it takes some transition time, you know, from coming over from overseas to the NBA. Like you have to find your game a little bit again. Not everything that works overseas works in the NBA. So you have to kind of find yourself. And he's done that under a year, you know what I mean? So his game is slower, but it's it's a quick slow, you know, like he his first steps really quick always. And it's just like I'll give you a step back. He probably took that step back from James Harden, no lie. But like that's something <laughs> he he, on James Harden the other <laughs> night, bro. It was insane. But, but that's something he probably learned. Like, you know, all I gotta do is create a little space and it's special to watch. We're ta-
0: we were just talking about how you cross over James Harden Let's go into James Harden with this dunk. You see this game?
1: Yeah, that shit was crazy,
0: yo. Yeah, for the people that don't know, James Harden, stolen ball, wide open down the court, dunks the ball so hard the ball whipped through the net and back over the rim before bouncing off. And the officiating crew mistakenly ruled that Harden missed the dunk and denied Houston coach Mike D'Antoni's attempt to challenge Paul. So why did the basket not count? Was it because it was not a reviewable play? Or was it because it originally wasn't called a basket?
1: So they they didn't even call it a basket because you see James Harden chasing it afterwards. Timeout was called and whatnot. And they're arguing that the basket went through. And Unfortunately, the 30 seconds for once they called the timeout.
0: You have to call a timeout with this challenge, coach's challenge? You have
1: to call a timeout. And that's where D'Antoni, he was more upset and in wanting to plead his case and arguing it that he the 30 seconds through him arguing that
0: is the biggest bullshit that i've ever seen someone's just like on the side that like has like a stopwatch oh, it was 30, no he argued for 30 seconds like right. can't do that
1: and, and my thing is looking as a referee like he a referee is sitting there arguing with d'antoni is this a basket or not why don't you just like As a referee standpoint, why don't you help my man out? Why don't you help D'Antoni and say, hey, if you think this is wrong, if you think we we fucked up or something, why (laughs) wouldn't the referee just sit there and say, hey, if you don't agree with what we called, you challenge it then. And we'll go take a look at it.
0: Crew chief James Caper, he said, well, when the play happened, Harden goes in for a dunk and then a ball appears to pop back through the net. When that happens, that is basket interference, and to have a successful field goal, it must clear the net like you were just talking about. We have since come in here and looked at that play He dunked it so hard that the net carried it back over the rim a second time. So, in fact, it did clear the net and should have been a successful field goal. And so, long story short, the Spurs end up winning by two in overtime, but not to mention the Rockets blew a 22-point lead in the fourth quarter. But the Rockets are like, you know what? The league's going to do something about this. They're either going to grant us the victory, because that should have counted, and we outscored the Spurs in regulation, or replay the final seven minutes and 50 whatever seconds at a later date (laughs) that no one is gonna do that
1: we actually have seen that happen before in the nba of them going back and replaying you know missed calls or the last portions of games that's not unheard of like Yes, it's a rarity, but that has happened. But either two of the options are going on. You're going to give us the dub yeah. or we're going to we're going to we're going to play this 750 like they're giving yeah. them an ultimatum or some shit. Like mm-hmm. no, bro. Like you guys lost that game because A you were down like you said with 22 point. or you blew that 22 point lead? Like that's on you. And then just one call, that just brings in the question, like, can any team go back and see one call that was missed that changed an outcome and then just right. be like, hey, let's play the last seven minutes and hopefully we get that dub now. Like, no, yeah, I, get I out of I,
0: here. Well, that was the thing, though, when we were talking about the coach's challenge, we were like, we were talking about, I know you said you didn't like it. I said I liked it a little bit, but you were like, why does one play change anything about the game? I agree with you, it doesn't. And that wasn't even a coach's challenge play, but it was pro It was, you know, similar to what that would have been.
1: And that's the thing, like... Even if D'Antoni challenged the play and they got the two points, whatever, I think they were down to or they went up to with that basket. It was tied at the time, and they would have went up to. But, like, the game probably still went into overtime. Like, you had the whole overtime period to get the dub, and your team just jacked it. You had another, <laughs> another five minutes to play yeah, the game. Yeah, like, it's, it, that doesn't change it. Like, two points here and there it really doesn't change it because, like, you still got time on the clock.
0: And it was- So the New York Knicks, we talked about this in our first episode. They keep bouncing around from coach to coach. At this point, I don't think it's the coach's problem anymore. I just think it's the organization <laughs> just needs to retire. No itself.
1: doubt, no doubt, it's the organization.
0: David Fitzdale gets fired by the Knicks. They're four and eighteen. They lost eight straight games. You know, tied for worst start in franchise history. So here's the story: the Knicks not only fired Fitzdale, but they also fired their top assistant, some random dude named Keith Smart. What well, I mean, why you got to do that to my guy Keith? <laughs> I no know one...
1: my man just was out there. You know, he wasn't even actually. Was <laughs> just sitting. My guy wasn't even a part of Fizzo's staff. That's the funny thing. He was already <laughs> there in New York, but they said, no, nah, bro, you out too. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: bro, he was just probably sitting there just like, maybe that was it. Maybe he was just sitting there like, I don't know. I know the assistant coaches all the time like get up and scream like and act like a head coach. Fitzdale with his winning percentage at a maximum of 20%. <laughs> uh, it doesn't mean that, it, that he's not getting that paper as uh, he will get the remainder of his four-year deal worth $22 million. What is up with that?
1: My man's getting paid, though. He could sign the contract, and it was guaranteed. Like, he's getting paid for four years. Like, the Knicks brought him on and saying, hey, we believe in you.
0: So, I had some false information from our co-host, Mr. Hoopstar, (laughs) as he wants to call himself. That's my fault, yo. He goes (laughs) on, uh, let's see, this past Friday night... He was like, oh, yo, they fired Fitzdale. I was like, ah, damn, that sucks. You know, like former Grizzlies coach. He was a cool dude. And I was like, so who's their next? He was like, it's Mike Miller, bro. How did Mike <laughs> Miller become the yo, head bro. coach? <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, that's actually lit, bro. Mike Miller is a stud. You know, I had a I have a picture from him when he visited Innsworth High School in Nashville, Tennessee, when he did play for the Memphis Grizzlies at open practice. I love me some Mike Miller. I'm like, how did Mike... I didn't even think Mike Miller was... I thought Mike Miller was just chilling on the couch. So I was like, all right, anyways. Damn, that's like Mike Miller. He's like, I don't know, barely... He's probably 40, around 40 right now. Uh, I watched the end of the next game. I turned on ESPN right after work last night. And I see this guy, this old ball. He's like 68, bro. And he's answering questions... And then the name under his face is Mike Miller. I said, bro, what in the fuck am I looking at right now? I had to call you up immediately, and I was like.
1: "But yeah, hey, uh, but a side note on that, though. What do you think about having a uh, the first female head coach taking over the job, though?
0: Yeah, Becky Hammond, right? Spurs, Spurs uh, assistant. She's one of the assistant coaches for the Spurs. I know she was the summer league Head right, coach she, for the Spurs.
1: So, so she's third in line right now because Tim Duncan is what you would call their number two guy. But yeah, but Becky's right there. Once you get down the line, like you got your head coach, your assistant coach, and then once you get down the line, it's kind of just a toss up. But she's been there. The last couple of years, this is the thing for her. She wants the head coaching job, I think. She
0: but she is on the Spurs, so that's like already resume status right there, right behind Pop. I mean, shit, the guys aren't doing a damn thing coaching there, so why not give her a chance? I actually love to see that happen.
1: It'll be a refresher for the New York Knicks. A positive vibe just with her being the first female head coach.
0: Yeah, I think she should take it too. Why not New York? Let's go back into the West. We have not talked about this young st- in the wall, bro. Mr. Alec Caruso, baby. I love his story. He's one of these guys from Texas A&M a couple years ago, went undrafted in the 2016 NBA draft, played on the Thunder for less than a month, and then bounced around from a couple teams in a G League. He got brought up from the Lakers G League team last year. And ever since his infamous putback dunk that got LeBron out of his seat, he immediately became a fan favorite in Los Angeles. So many memes about him over the summer. Um you know, people were starting to call him uh, the Carew show the bald mamba the andy elliott 2.0 you know he's jumping over dwight howard
1: he's getting some late night or like late time game minutes with lebron and ad yeah like he's putting on a show low key like he's, he's good
0: he's good because even though he's not scoring a lot of points everyone on that team scores a lot of points so it's tough even for like rondo or somebody to score a lot of points he's in late game situations with LeBron and ad i don't think he's going anywhere he's a great fit to what they got going on especially for a bench player and he's probably not that much money either
1: He doesn't turn the ball over. He'll make the right pass. If you need him, you know, if you need him to raise up and dunk one, I guess you can count on him for that now. He's good. I mean, he's a solid role for the Lakers team right now.
0: We're going to play the audio of the broadcaster in this exact moment of the putback dunk to give you guys an idea of what kind of enthusiasm goes around Caruso's name. Rondo thought it. Mooney is on Caldwell Pope. Top team in the West. Magic number four. Golden State is three. Rondo three up high and off the
1: ball. Oh! Caruso parachutes in. You cannot stop him. You can only hope to contain him. Woo! Oh my goodness. How about that? That is poster ready.
0: He just put the Warriors all on a team poster. Now, last but not least... Gotta talk about our papa p- p- Pacers
1: over the Thanksgiving weekend. We went three and one over the break. The only loss that we did have was against the Sixers. But I mean, hey. On that note, we were on a five-game winning streak. So, you know, it was a close game. I mean, I can't really complain, but I really...
0: Well, that game specifically was very irritating to watch because they had three turnovers in the last final 14 seconds. We were up 115-114, 30 seconds left. Pacers the ball. TJ Warren does a little crisscross applesauce move that didn't even work and then tries to dish it back out to Brogdon. Ben Simmons gets the steal, dishes it to Tobias Harris for a dunk. And then we do some... Out of balance, play at, at the half court, and we act like we that shit a, was terrible. Yeah, we, that we was, turned that it over was, immediately.
1: Yeah, that was absolutely an embarrassment. If you're an NBA team, you know how to inbound the ball.
0: I just feel like their prices are like so laxed to where if they're doing that, they're just going through the motions. Don't you think that's how an NBA practice is? Kind of out
1: of a, a two hour practice, say. You're not going to spend 30 minutes working on an out-of-bounds play in real game situation. You just don't have time for that. You know what I mean? Like, that's not top priority. It should be for the Pacers because we look like a complete fool
0: out there, but... Memphis Grizzlies, we get a dub. Go to 13-7. and Last time we played the Grizzlies, John Moran actually took a scary fall. hit his back against one of the camera guys on the floor. So he didn't play against us. Brogdon, you know, balled out. Ended up going to OKC. OKC was one I thought we were going to lose because four row games in a row. So I thought we were going to lose one, obviously, the Sixers. But I thought we were going to lose the OKC, too, because Chris Paul is still there. I feel like people forget about Chris Paul a little bit, but he's still there. We played like shit, but we ended up winning by seven points. So yeah, we go to the Pistons. Even though they don't look good on paper, they look, they're a good team. We couldn't close the game. It was another like, inbound, a couple seconds left at end of the game for us. we were up, inbounded to play at half court. Something that we need to work on. And it's just frustrating now because I was talking to you about this. We need Oladipo back. If we're losing to teams like this, I know we were talking about, what, the first 25 games or whatever or against teams who were below 500. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we need these these games. We ended up losing by seven points, 108-101. Miles Turner where are you, dog? Four points, one for eight field goal. It's just a team that is so inconsistent to watch and sometimes
1: We're one and four or one and three against the Pistons so far this year. Like we've played our four games against the Pistons and we've only won one. If you look at it on paper, we are just not a good match against the Pistons. Like Oh yeah. Their two bigs are just so dominant that we don't really
0: have an answer for them. Somebody like Andre Drummond is a man child. And even right, Blake right. Griffin, like like you were saying, with Sabonis. Sabonis is only like 22 years old. Miles is probably, what, same age. They got dominated in the paint. Last but not least, New York Knicks. We get a dub against the Knicks. This was a close one. Uh, Watch yeah, my didn't a, God. Didn't get a chance to see this game. Watch the highlights. Another close one here coming down to a missed free throw by Julius Randle i mean obviously he missed it he was very nervous at the line and we get a dub but this that's way too close
1: well this was the first game for the new york knicks with the new head
0: coach you know
1: yeah i think that's gonna do it for episode seven here guys again sorry about missing our thanksgiving weekly episode but we are thankful for you guys so we do have some big things in the works. We want to kind of introduce next week's episode because we are going to bring on a big guest who is overseas right now, and he has agreed to take a couple of questions for us. We're going to sit down with Rob Marberry. If you guys don't know who that is, you guys should look him up. But me and Andy played high school basketball against this dominant kid right here. He's a baller, yo. But yeah, he's overseas right now. We're going to bring him on the podcast next week. He's going to talk to you guys, kind of see what he's doing and... Get the latest update on him and overseas ball. Don't miss this next episode. And with that, we'll catch you next week. Thanks. Pacer
0: Nation.
1: Always hashtag Pacer Nation out, baby. <laughs>